This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are ecstatic for you guys to be with us again this week on a beer week. That's right. What did we do last week, Josh? I can't remember. Uh, last week, we did summer white wine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did summer whites. And what are we doing this week, Dad? We're doing fruit beers. What are you doing? So for my fruited beer, I am doing the strawberry lager from Abita. And my pairings with it are, I've got some Lamuro, I have some duck ham again, and I have a little sweet treat. I have a strawberry shortcake ice cream bar. Okay, we can start there, can't we? It's probably <laughs> melting. That's probably what we're going to have to do. And what are you doing this week? I have Lindemann's Frambrosia Raspberry Beer. And actually, it's a Lambit. Yeah. So I got confused. I, I mixed the fruit with the sour. Well, that's, that's it's kind still, of sometimes how it happens. It's still a fruited beer, so it right. totally fits in. And what are you pairing? That's right. And then my pairings, I'm doing breakfast. So I have a fruit cup. I have eggs benedict. And then I have raspberry goat cheese crepes. Oh, and he made the crepes himself. I watched him do it. Yeah, I did. So it's, it's going to be a good show. Now, we had a blind last week. And I remember that I called it a Sangiovese base from Italy from somewhere in Chianti. So, Dad, how did I do? Well, you got the old world part right. But But it's actually (laughs) from France, and it was a Bordeaux. Oh, man. I'm going to have to, the day after we're recording this, I'm actually going to go do some blind tasting training with Seth for a little bit tomorrow. So. Oh no! Need to here, get... here comes a Chardonnay. Well, he may he may give me a Chardonnay, but I think it's more of the technique. I've just kind of gotten out of it, so uh, okay, got to okay. get back into it. Well, you it. got good notes on it. Well, yeah, but I got to the wrong place. Okay, so well. all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into these fruited beers, starting with mine, the Strawberry Lager from Abita, which is now a year-round beer from them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it used to be just a seasonal mm-hmm. beer during Louisiana strawberry season, but oh, now okay. it's actually moved to a full year-round beer. All right. Uh, once again, my pairings are, I have a lamb gyro from a local place called Leo's Greek Castle, some duck ham from our friends over at Hillcrest Area Meats, and then, like I said, a little sweet treat, a strawberry shortcake ice cream bar. That looks good. Yeah. I think we'll uh we'll probably start with dessert first so it doesn't melt too much on us. But well, uh, let's just go ahead in there. Let's just go ahead and get into the beer a little bit. This is a really nice beer. It is a light golden color. Mm-hmm. It has I think it's like fifteen on the IBUs. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely way down on the perceived bitterness as well. Okay. It's got a white head. It is not strawberry colored. Like you said, it's kind of that straw color. Yeah. Now, I do get strawberries on the nose. Yes, you do. Definitely. Yeah, some oh, yeah. strawberries, Definitely. some sweetness. Uh, you get some, uh, like, I get a lot of, like, toastiness on it. It's almost like strawberry jam toast is kind of what it smells like. Right, and there's some bitterness on the back end. Maybe that maybe that toast has a little burn on it to kind of give it that earthy, <laughs> that earthy bitterness to it. But, yeah, that's a nice beer. And we're tasting yours out of our standard tulip beer glass. Yeah. Man, I haven't had this beer in a while. It's a lot more strawberry mm-hmm. than I remember. Mm-hmm. Now, I've drank a lot of Diamond Bear's Little Red, or what used to be called the uh, Strawberry Blonde. And it's not quite as strawberry. No, it's not. On this one. Now, Abita is a really well-known brewery go ahead and start getting the pairing set okay you uh, said you said we had to start with no dessert? we don't have to <laughs> you can start wherever you want but i'm probably going to start with dessert well we got duck on the plate again <laughs> of course we do but i really do think it's a good pairing anyway abita they've been around as long as i've been around they started in 1986 okay in louisiana mm-hmm. and they've just kind of had that mardi gras spirit into their mm-hmm. beer they do the andy gator mm-hmm Turbo Dog, which Turbo I know, Dog, I really love, which I know you love, and then they used to do this as just a as a summer seasonal, and it's you know, it's just so popular. I remember it used to just fly off the shelves, and you couldn't find it, like, mm-hmm. and it was one of those you got it, and that was it. 
Okay, okay. Well, I tried the duck ham. It's like I've got the duck ham, the fat, the sweetness of this beer. And I'm saying sweet because it's got that strawberry sweetness. Right. And they just go together pretty nicely. Yeah, and that smokiness is going to kind of bring out, is going to play, I think, extremely well with the strawberry Seeing the, as well. I think what happened is that smokiness and the sweetness, the bitterness just kind of disappeared. Yeah. It's not totally gone, but it's further, further back. Right. And to me, so when we're talking about this bitter, it's not like an IPA bitter. It's oh, no. not like a hot bitter. It's more like an acidic. To me, it's more like an acidic bitter. Well, there's no pine cone floating in it. Well, no, there's not. But I'm just <laughs> I'm saying for people who are listening, because mm-hmm. since we're in beer, and if you've listened for a long time, we talk about bitter, you may think we're talking about hop bitter here. But actually, I think it's more of an acidic, a kind of an acidic bitter. Right. You know, they've been brewing, like I said, they've been brewing since 1986. They have, you know, they do their own water from Artisan Wells down there. Turbo Dog, like I said, is extremely, extremely popular. It was probably their first nationally distributed beer. Now, what about Purple Haze? <laughs> Purple Haze would be another one that would be... I like it, too. And if we, if you'd have done Purple Haze and I'd have done the raspberry, we'd have had raspberry on top of raspberry. Exactly. Purple Haze, you know, while being a nod to Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. as well as to New Orleans, um, it would be... <laughs> oh, God. It's melting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, would, it was kind of a nod to that, and that's why it's raspberry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so go ahead and jump in. It's going to fall off the stick if I don't hurry. So good. So these to me, this is such a childhood memory for me. You've never had... Plus a beer? Why no. not? The strawberry shortcake bar. Mm. This is what I would always buy off the ice cream truck. Oh, okay. As a kid. I didn't know that. So what it is is it's like strawberry ice cream in the middle surrounded by vanilla ice cream and then on the outside they have these like little i would call them kind of like cake ball like little mm-hmm. cake bits mm-hmm. have like strawberry and vanilla so you get kind of that short cakey kind of taste but i i love these things this is definitely a like like pairing oh yeah sweet sweet but it goes very well with the beer is that strawberry and strawberry yeah yeah sorry we're eating a lot right now because these are Afraid these will just fall, like you said, just kind of fall off. Just pause it, Josh, and we'll finish the ice cream. <laughs> no, I think it's really. What good. What made you think of this this pairing, the ice cream? Um, just that childhood memory. Yeah, and I was thinking of something, trying to think of something that would be sweet mm-hmm. to go with it, because I think these type of beers lend themselves to that sweetness, right? And playing on the strawberry, I was thinking, what could I do? And I just had a brain flash of doing this strawberry shortcake mm-hmm. with this, you know, summertime, mm-hmm. eating one of the ice creams. And now as an adult, eating the ice cream, drinking the beer, because this is a nice summer beer. It just, I just, it just popped in my head. You got two more. I'm going to be looking around for dessert later. <laughs> I mean, there's four <laughs> more in the fridge <laughs> oh, or okay. the freezer. All right. So now where is Abitus located? Or is it New Orleans? They are located in Covington. Okay. Covington, Louisiana, which is I think just outside. It's it's a little bit outside of New Orleans by it's um north. It's kind of in the the toe. Oh, okay. The okay. But kind of up near the flat part where Alabama is. Did you research how they did through the hurricane? Well, I you know, I Katrina I did not. Katrina just flooded New Orleans. Terrible. Well, but this this would be farther north. They probably got damage from the storm. They probably but, did, but still it's a lot of water. I mean, that thing was sucking water out of the ocean and dropping it. Oh, I remember. And it says it's 43 miles from Louisiana, from New Orleans. See, that's So close. just north. That's that is really that close. Is, close mm-hmm. is where Covington is. But, then you know, there's no, you know, a lot of people don't, while... They keep it in their minds. They don't think about it as kind of it didn't take them down. It it kind of brought the city together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't. There's no real talk about it on their website or anything yeah. that I could find from them. Must have heard. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried the duck ham? I have not yet. What? I've been ch- I've been talking. 
<laughs> I mean, I've just been talking about this wonderful beer, and then we had to, you know, and suck power, it on that ice cream we had stick. To power through the ice cream, which I don't think is a bad thing. Hmm. But you know, like I said, they they just moved this from being a, you know, a seasonal to a year round, which I think mm-hmm. is great. IB user thirteen. They talk about the color for a lot of the beer nerds. This is a five on the loved bond low bond color scale for beer. Oh, so with the scale of you know, okay. I guess one being Bud Light and you know Old Engine Oil being a hundred. I guess. I'm not familiar with that scale. It's based on just a standard lager where they use, you know, um, German yeast lager. They use Pilsner and wheat with their malt and then just traditional traditional hops. And they sell this in any type of format that they can. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, do they make any other fruit beers? Well, I we mean, t- no, Purple Haze. We talked about Purple Haze. Is there any others? Are you aware of? From their website. You know, you have... Purple Haze, you have the strawberry. They started doing a lemonade, oh. like a, a hard lemonade. They have a do a really good Christmas sale, but I don't think that's fruited. They do a pecan ale. They do a soda that is flavored like king cake. Oh, really? Like a, it's a non-alcoholic. Yeah, okay. They do a peanut butter and jelly. That's a limited release. Oh, wow. <laughs> coffee cake um do something that's called office party okay. which is one of their hmm. limited runs around the holidays i would assume and so they just they do a whole whole different uh, you know just a bunch of a bunch of different stuff and they're you know i said they're just you know south of us about you know five hours mm-hmm. maybe maybe more than that I guess they're distributed nationally. I don't uh-huh. honestly know. Yeah. We could ask the captain if they can get it. I'm sure they can. Oh, I'm sure New York gets this beer. <laughs> right. I'm very, very sure that New York gets this beer. So, go to the pairings. Go ahead and why don't you dive into that Euro while I'm getting into the duck ham. So, you got, you, you made this yourself or? No. What happened? I bought it. Yeah. Bought it from a local place called Leo's Greek Castle. And then I just put it together. They're I great, love Leo's. Great little shop. You know, they were so... Speaking of beer, when I was over there uh, picking this up, I noticed they sell their PBR for 75 cents a can. <laughs> if you want to well, I mean, they are. Sh- I mean, they're short, and they're short boys. They're not the tall boys of the PBR. But, so for me, the duck ham, that smokiness, just like you said, kind of takes that bitterness away and just rounds out the beer really, really well. And I think, you know, the Euro may do the same thing, but the Euro is going to have a whole bunch of different layers with the tzatziki, the tomato, the onion, as well as the ground shaved lamb. So what do you, once you, uh, I'm still, I'm chewing still. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah. Brings back a lot of memories. (laughs) I didn't go out to eat lunch much, but sometimes I'd, you know, man, I worked with named Pat. And we'd have a working meeting, and sometimes that's where we went because he just loved their euros. Oh yeah, that's well, a cool little spot. It's a small little, small little place. They've been around for years. Mm-hmm. Now with COVID, they shut down their inside space and actually helped close off part of the parking lot to get some more outdoor space. That's right. So that cucumber sauce and the onions create a new layer of this beer. Yeah. I mean, it's still the strawberry on top of it, but that's, I've never had a Euro with strawberries. <laughs> that's kind of what this True. is doing. Yeah. And like you said, the that cucumber sauce is sort of a sour, and so it just kind of does some counteracting on that sweet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after uh, I retired and Pat retired, I said, hey, let's go to Leo's, and he goes, I don't remember how to get there from Benton. <laughs> so, I'll make Pat, you drive to work. Yeah. And then you know from there. <laughs> That's totally the wrong direction, but anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. That Euro. That's really good. Goes really well. The great spicing in the lamb mm-hmm. just plays so well with this beer. Doesn't have any extra bitterness. The sweetness mm-hmm. kind of goes back and forth. And like you're saying, that tzatziki sauce really kind of gives a contrast mm-hmm. 
to the beer that, you know, is kind of needed because it does come off a little extra sweet. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's going to be another hard best on plate. Now, what's the, yeah. What's the ABV of this beer? I think you said up front. 4.2. Okay. Low. So, mm-hmm. We're talking real low. We're talking like Bud Light level. Low. I got you beat. Well, of course you do. <laughs> You've got a Lambic. Yeah. But, so, you know, good for the summer. Right now, you mm-hmm. know, when it's hot. Luckily, that heat wave's starting to break out in the west, but now it's just all on fire. Yeah. It's terrible. Insane. You know, my friend Jordan's up in Montana right now. Mm-hmm. And there's, there are so many fires out in the western part of the state. You said it just, it's smoky and hazy, mm-hmm. just everywhere. Well, depending on where you are, it could be over 100 degrees. Well, it's calmed down. Has it? Yeah. That that heat heat wave is kind of mush, pushed out, at least when, from being that hot. But now, you know, it's just in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which for us isn't bad, but they don't have, a lot of them don't have air conditioners. No, but some of them are at altitude where it really cools off quick at night. Right. But anyway, um, and you know, this is a great beer. I think this is a great summer beer. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I love about these type of like fruit, light fruited lagers. They're easy drinking year round. They're mm-hmm. very, very approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is super approachable. The Little Red from Diamond Bear. The Blue Wing, which mm-hmm. is another local one from Flyway, mm-hmm. is great. I mean, even that Sam Smith. Fruitadale we did when we did foreign beers. That's right. That one was a little it was more approachable. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I just love about them is they're, they're easy drinking, but they give you a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Would you call it a lawnmowing beer? Yeah, I would. Because, uh-huh. you know, low alcohol, a lot of flavor, mm-hmm. not, but not too much where it's just kind of something i've got to sit there and dissect i can go through right. it quickly if i want to yeah okay you got any more on the beer or the their story i mean they're pretty recent now are they uh 35 years yeah but that's it's not like this lambic <laughs> not like some of the wines we talk about but well yeah but this is united I mean, states are these, are these like some brothers that got together or so it was you, do you know it was one gentleman and that got together and kind of started it, kind of started him. Um, two two guys, their name, you know, Jim Patton and Rush Cumming, and they started it. And I don't think I don't think they were brothers, but right. You know, they just kind of partnered up and started started brewing it. And you know, at the beginning, they did fifteen hundred barrels of beer, and now they're brewing around one hundred and seventy five thousand barrels. Oh, that's of different. Beer. Which is a whole, whole lot. And they've just kind of brought that up as they've kind of been going. And uh, so it's sold in 46 states in Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's considered the 15th largest craft beer, Mm -hmm. craft brewery, and the 24th largest brewery of any category. Oh, wow. Ranked by the volume sold. That was 2010, so that was, you know, 11 years ago. Right. So, you know, the one... Won a bunch of awards, but you know, one of the things that they, you know, New Orleans does is they have crews. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Mardi Gras crews that roll. Mm-hmm. Now, they have a, a beta crew that you can join, gives you, you know, percentage off of gear, birthday perk, free sales. And it's kind of their, their uh, inside fan club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, they call it the Abita uh, Brew Crew. So that's kind of what they do. You know, they you know, they really kind of imbibe that New Orleans spirit of, you know, let the good times roll. Right. Keeping everything fun. Right. Well, they make, like I said, they make great beers. Turbo Dog is. Turbo Dog is one of those ones I forget about. Yeah. Because I try, like to try a bunch of stuff. But every time I drink Turbo Dog, I'm like, man, <laughs> that's a good beer. Yeah. It goes really good with jambalaya. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's perfect for it. Yeah. Maybe that's what they brewed it for. I don't know. But yeah, it goes perfect. Well, I think I'm out tapped out with this one. All right. Eat a little bit more. And um, you want to switch over to yours? Well, we can do that. All right. 
go ahead. I'm going to eat a little bit more of this lamb while you uh, remind us what you're doing and what your pairings are. Okay. I'm doing the uh, Lindemann's Rambrosia Raspberry Lambic. And uh, we were talking about the ABV. It's 2.5. 2.5 ABV. Two? Two. 2% alcohol? 2.5. Two and a half. I don't believe that. I didn't believe it either, and I kept looking. It's not on the bottle. I didn't see it on the bottle, but I kept looking, and everywhere I looked, it said 2.5. Now, you got to remember, it's a lambic. It's wild yeast. It's the yeast from the air. And they tell the story of how they made the beer before they put in uh, the raspberry juice. You know, they made the made beer. And then they poured into the open vat and they say open the windows yeah and it's kind of like that story i told this is a belgium beer mm-hmm. kind of like that story i told about the belgium beer that i had that had the roof holes in it and so it's kind of the same situation but back to the food i have a fruit cup and that is cantaloupe raspberries and flatberries and then I have Eggs Benedict, and I made it. And then I have Raspberry Goat Cheese Crepes. And I did add some blackberries since I had them. Funny thing was, I was thinking about doing blueberries. We've got some blueberries, but they kind of started drying up. Right. And uh, I didn't go outside to check mine because the birds usually get them anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't have had enough if I found some. But Edwards didn't have any blueberries. Wow. I love blackberries anyway, so that's how that worked. Sounds like some restaurant may have came in and bought bought them out. I can't imagine that at Edwards, but it's possible, I guess. And so I think that's that's kind of the order, is the fruit cup, the egg benedict, and then the crepe. Okay. And just a little note, so your eggs benedict, you used bacon rather than ham. Yes. In it. Okay. And then what's sprinkled on top? Cayenne. Cayenne pepper, okay. Just a little bit. And I made the hollandaise sauce, so it's, it's okay, I guess. Okay. And I think the eggs ended up hard, which they're not supposed to, but, you know, what are you going to do? All right. So the Lindemans, you know, on their history, they say, our family has owned a farm since the dawn of time. <laughs> wow. They started brewing these lambics in 1822 so they have been around a while yeah so i think i've had this one before uh yes you have (laughs) (laughs) well yes you have okay (laughs) Okay. i know because me you and marie have drank it around holiday time before yeah that's oh that's that other story about sour beers that i told in that other episode I, i quit Bringing in Christmas sours because you and Marie just <laughs> decided you didn't want to. Yeah. Get the raspberry on the nose. I mean, it's oh, like. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the color of this is like raspberry juice. Yeah. Purple. It is purple. It's deep and rich. Still pretty effervescent, even though we poured it about a half hour ago. We are tasting these out of regular red wine glasses. Yeah, on the on the website or several there's several different websites. One of them says how to pour the beer and the guy uses the Lindemann glass and the Lindemann glass look about like these wine glasses we have. Yeah. They they wanna have a long stem so that you don't have to bend too far over to get your nose into it. And then they pour it like you would pour any other beer. But because it's got the pressure that a lambic would have, you're going to pour it slow like you would a champagne or a sparkling. Right. So the other thing is that I thought that this was going to have a champagne cork with the cage. Because in 1844, they were shipping some of the these beers out to various places of the empire, I guess. Of course, Belgium's not part of the empire, but they were shipping them out. Yeah. And they were going on boats and they were blowing up. Well, I mean, with the alcohol, with the alcohol being so low, 
Mm-hmm. If you're not 100% certain that all that yeast is dead mm-hmm. and you bottle it, it's going to continue to ferment, which is going to continue to create carbon dioxide, which can make a regular bottle just go <laughs> right. Or if you just have a crown cap on it, shoot the crown cap off. Uh, like any good homebrew has done in his <laughs> lifetime. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, you but know. But that's what it had. It had a crown cap with a cork. So you take the crown cap off, then you get your cork screw to get the cork out. Because it's a whole lot cheaper to do well, it that way. I'm sure it is. I've never really understood how you can get a champagne cork into a bottle because you sure can't get it back in there. Well, they're wet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they're, they're shrunk up. But still. So that's what I was going to explain back in eight. 1844 they had that happen and so then they started collecting like old champagne bottles that they would recycle for their own work and they uh, you know they get them from France uh, in the early days of uh, bottling it was green or brown in color and it was 70 to 80 centiliters well that's 750, 750 which is a standard wine bottle. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and at that time, they were they were bottles filled and topped with either the wire or the mushroom style cork. Now, I want to think that they might have used both. They make a lot of different ones. I'm, I don't have that in front of me, but I know they make a cherry. Yep. Kirsch. They make a kirsch. They make a pish. Yeah. They make a peach. Yeah. As well, um, they have some higher end lines too. Yeah, that they make. This one is not that we're not bad. Mm-mm. It's just kind of their entry level. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how sour this beer is. It is pucker, well, pucker your mouth sour. Have you I, tried the fruit with it? I have. Yeah, um, that's why I wanted to have fruit. Well, and to kind of counteract that sour, it doesn't do it that well because at least <laughs> at least for what i'm eating i'm, I'm not a, i don't enjoy cantaloupe so that's the only one that i'm not trying but the blackberries and the in the raspberries they just don't have enough sugar in them mm-hmm. to counteract that sour mm-hmm. um it's great flavoring it reminds you of a mixed berry any any like candy that is mixed berry or blue raspberry or that kind of stuff reminds you of that flavor, but you still get that pop of pucker. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that pop of pucker that's just in the back of your mouth. And I mean, it's good. It just it shocked me because I just remembered this beer being sweet. I don't remember it being the sour. It's been years, uh-huh. years since I've had one of these, and yes. so I forgot how. I just for some reason I just remembered it as sweet. Oh, okay. I didn't remember it as sour. I still don't believe that two and a half percent thing. It does not taste. It tastes like it has more. I looked and looked and looked. I, I first time I saw it, I said, "Oh, they got a misprint. That's twelve point five. That, that's what I'm thinking." <laughs> <laughs> but then I looked somewhere else, and it's like two point five. I looked on uh, ratebeer.com, two point five. So I don't believe it, but I'm believing it. Makes you want to get out a hygrometer. Well. You have to have the before and the after to, to really make sense with that. But so they are a sixth generation Belgium brewing family, and they're in a small town called I'll probably butcher it, but it's called Lezinburg, a small town in the Flemish southwest of Brussels. Now, I want to do a little shout out. There is a town called Trook, it's T-R-O-O-O-Z, two O's maybe, and it's on the German border, and I don't know if you've been watching the news, but Germany, that part of Belgium, are drowning, and there are people that have drowned, and so I... I, Just from flooding? From flooding. Wow. And and the river, there's there's a street in this town, Trush, the street is now a river. And there were like 20 people died. Wow. So I think next week they're supposed to have a 
day of silence or one of those kind of celebration, not celebration, remembrance, remembrance of the people. So I wanted to do a shout out there. You know, they, they used the wild yeast and that's, that kind of is what makes sense about the, about the 2.5. I see, but I still don't, I don't buy that because there are wines that use natural fermentation and they're still 12, 13%. But don't they indoctrinate it? No, they just use, they just use natural yeast. They don't inoculate with any yeast and there's run up those higher, those higher numbers. I have never seen something this low. Okay. Well, I I mean, it's, it's baffling. I mean, they could be true, but I, I'm having a hard time believing it. I, I'm just telling you what I found. I'm just thinking. I looked and looked and looked. You drink a whole bottle of this, you're going to be feeling it. What? It's not on the bottle, right? It's not on the bottle. It's on their website as 2.5. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm having a very hard time on that. Well, I I am too. Okay. So any, any beer experts out there, let us know why we're wrong. <laughs> Why is it that it's only two, you know, two point five percent alcohol? I mean, that's just uh, that's crazy to me. Anyway, have you tried the egg Benedict? I have not yet. I haven't either. I'm getting ready. I'm trying to figure out how to do it eloquently. There's nobody watching but me. There's no so the, way. one of the things they say is their mission, driven by our passion, we brew the oldest beer style in the world and are dedicated to sharing its unique flavor with as many people as possible. You know, that's that oldest beer style has to do with that wild yeast. Well, and the fruit. And the fruit. And the fact that they use fruit in it. It kind of just helps build that case for, it could be something that you would just find laying around. Mm-hmm. And you kind of brew with it. Mm-hmm. I've tried the heck benefit. Yeah. I mean, it really works well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can totally believe that because the fattiness of the egg and the the lemony and the butteriness of the hollandaise. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus the meatiness of the bacon. I mean, it's going to hit all all cylinders for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So they show a picture on their website. I think it's like 50 people, and most of them are somehow connected to the family. Yeah. Either by marriage or by whatever. So it says that we are a family-driven company aware of our corporate responsibility. So the more I read about them, the more I like them. Yeah. Are they connected to the Lindemans family that does Australian wine? You know, I never did research that. That's a real good question. That was in the back of my mind. But right. I just never checked it out. Mm-hmm. So do you have any notes on like Lambic beers, how they're... I mean, I, mean, I know you talked about the open-top fermentation, but is it fruit added after fermentation or how how does a so they make the base they make the base port and then they add the fruit later in this open vat so they make the they make the beer they put it in the open vat like i said they open the windows so now here comes the flying yeast and the yeast comes in and it starts the wort to fermenting okay and then they put in the fruit Along with it, and of course, the fruit has more sugars to add right. to that mixture, and so then the yeasties are eating on that sugar. Now, why they don't get more than two point five? Gosh, <laughs> I'm still questioning it my myself. So, so where do they actually brew? Do they use flame and fire and heat to brew? So I I didn't see that in this website. Why would that matter? Well, I'm just I'm just curious because you said they make the base beer, right? Which in my head means they brew okay. a beer. I think what they do, and then you said they they put it in a vat and then they open the doors to let the wort. But at that point, it's not a wort anymore; it's beer. So wort is not beer until wort is fermented. Wort is the mixture that you you have cooked to make beer, and so they have done this cooking somehow. The video I watched didn't show any of that. I'm afraid it just showed it being poured, it being 
like by pipe going into this open vat. And then you could see the steam coming up. Mm -hmm. That it was still hot from being cooked. cooked. And then it's like, open the windows. And then you see... You see on one side of the video, you see them open the windows. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the video, you see the heat going out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you and you don't have a visual of the of the yeasties coming in. Right. And then and so then, and then they mix the the juice. So it's not. They didn't go into great detail about the raspberry juice and whether it was real raspberries. No, oh, I think it tell. It's very real raspberry. It's very raspberry. So one of the things on this website, and I, you know, I I looked at it before I, well, before I did my cooking, but kind of after I decided what I was going to do, and they have recipes made with the beer, and then they have what they call Linda mix. And so they've got two little checks here, and you pick one, and you, you get a, recipe of all these different foods oh cool and you know just as an example surprising shrimp salad with lindemann's palm which is apple yeah in french okay and then that's the way all all of these little clicks are different different food with one of their different beers and then on the other part of the website you get drinks, the Kirsch Cuvée Rene Sorbet with ice cream. So they have some really great choices here if you want to get into making your making some food with their different beers. I'm gonna have to do a little snacking. Yeah, I moved on to the to the crepe. How is it? I mean, the crepe's really good. You know, thin, airy, the berries are lovely full flavored and that papa goat cheese is really good <laughs> and the papa goat cheese goes really well with the with the lindermans itself because it is that acid that the in my opinion this beer is crying out for that when it does start to get too sweet this type of acid pulls it back mm. because my my palate's kind of getting worn with the sour mm-hmm. and the getting a sour hangover no it's just the sour deadening of the palate but that Papa Goat cheese kind of livens it back up, mm-hmm. which is what acid likes to do. It's kind of wake your palate up. Then I can go back for a little bit more. So we talked about the glass I'm drinking it out of. But in the old days, if you went to like your favorite pub, you'd go to your pub and there'd be a little small cask, an oak barrel cask sitting there. Right, because that's where the souring Remember that's where the souring happens, and over the in the open top footers, like we talked about with our during our sour episode. Well, what I'm what I'm alluding to is that you would go you'd go to your pub, and you would see that little barrel, and they would draw you off some. Yeah, they'd tap it, pull mm-hmm. it from straight right. from the wood wood keg. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> which so those are called. The small size are called firkins, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. And uh, where was it? Um, I think it was Flying Saucer here in town used to do like once a week, like firkin tapping. See, I never got picked. So they would have. <laughs> I would go down there. I don't know how many times. And you would get to tap, tap firkin. Plus you'd get a t-shirt. Oh yeah. That said, I tapped that with a picture right. of a keg on it. Right. And. So that kind of that's what made me think of that, and I, I've seen it once, where somebody went to tap it, and partially tapped it, uh oh, and stuff started spraying everywhere, mm-hmm. and then they had to quickly recover and smack it a couple more times to get tap get the tap in to mm-hmm. where it wasn't spraying beer everywhere. Because mm-hmm. Perkins a lot of time were used to do like little special flavorings or kind of versions of of the beers. They're kind of like test test barrels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they did here. So they also had that the beer lays on its side because they roll that around they, and they use some kind of basket. They use a lambic basket 
which is common when serving bottles recently pulled. Because, because of the yeast. Mm-hmm. Because since they pro- they don't right. filter this. Right. So when it goes in the bottle, there's still the dead yeast on there. And I don't know if this bottle's going to have any yeast at the bottom. I mean, it's probably kind of mixed in with but it. On, but on the website, it says, watch out for that when you're pouring it. Yeah. And with, you know, how how largely these are made now, mm-hmm. you probably don't have a whole lot of opportunity to get to it because it's probably not as stirred up when they go to bottling. Exactly. But it is definitely, and that's why, that's why they crown cap and cork it. Mm-hmm. Just in case there's a little bit more yeast in there, it gives it an extra layer of protection having the cork and the cap. Right. I would... You know, I like lambics. I mean, I I get it. You know, I mean, you, you're talking about how sour they are, but I mean, I'm getting. I mean, I'm getting used to it. There's just the first couple and coming off that beer mm-hmm. that kind of made it made it go a little crazy. Now, what did you think of the crepe with the beer? Like you said, that. So the recipe I looked up was talking about a cream cheese, and I said, no, we got to have goat cheese on our blood. Exactly. <laughs> I had duck. Well, especially tea. with this Lambic sour beer. Right. And so it did exactly what I was hoping. It it gave that the crepe, the sweetness of the fruit, and then that little pop. I think that's the word you used. The pop of the goat cheese just made it all come together. Yeah. I'm going to struggle on best on plate. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really good plate. Well, speaking of best on plate. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? Do you have anything else you want to tell us about? Well, I could go on a little Linda. while longer, but that's all right. All right, we'll keep going. No, that's all right. Oh, don't let me stop you. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, let's start with mine. What was your best on plate? For yours? Yes. The Leo's sandwich. The Euro. Euro. Leo's Euro. Because of because of the sauce and the and the meat. It just added a whole nother layer to the to the strawberry beer. Right. Yeah, that was that was very, very good. I agree with you that it was probably the best on plate. But I really enjoyed how the duck ham played mm-hmm. with the beer itself. Mm-hmm. I do think that the the Euro was the best on plate. But very close runner up was that duck ham with I've, the yeah. play. And I mean <laughs> the ice cream was just fun. Well, the ice cream was fun. It was it was very good too. Yeah. All right. What about on your plate? Oh man. Yeah, I I can go first if you want me to. Go ahead. I think the crepe, the crepe and the berries and the goat cheese. Like I just wanted more goat cheese. Like it was super good. I mean, the flavors of the berries worked well with with the framboise uh, lambic, but that goat cheese was just phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't know how much to put on there. Yeah. I was a little bit afraid to put a lot. Well, yeah, you didn't want it to overpower everything else going on. Right. I think for this for this specific pairing, now by itself, it was, I think you did perfectly. But with this specific pairing, I just wanted more goat cheese. I think I could have almost doubled the goat cheese. Yeah. So I, I've always loved Eggs Benedict. And I think this that pairing of Eggs Benedict with the Hollandaise sauce and that little bit of bacon with this lambic did it for me. Yeah. It was it was my best on plate, but I don't know, that crepe was awful good. Yeah. But and I that's can... not taking anything away from the little fruit cup. Mm-hmm. I do think though that like you're talking about that the Benedict just had everything. Like it had the fat, it had the salt, it had the sweet, it had the meat, and it just played off of this lambic, which was extremely food friendly. Hmm. Yeah, I think you could. You could probably eat anything you wanted to with it. I don't know. You could probably grill a big old steak and call it good. <laughs> probably. Well, you about ready to blind some beer, or you got right. some more nuggets no, of knowledge I'm, for I'm, us? No, I'm ready. All right, we'll get it poured up. Okay. All right, here we go again with another beer blinding for dad. So, dad's poured up and ready for you. Okay. I'm using the deductive beer tasting method tasting grid. So you just poured it up. Yours had head. Mine didn't. It's a white. I'm kind of giving a little swirl. It's sort of a white head. It's uh, clarity. 
you can sort of see through it. It's it's not clear, but it's a uh, kind of a golden straw, if you would, golden tan color. The color of the foam is is like white. It uh, kind of it sort of retains it, so that's good. So I <laughs> I took a sniff of it offline, and it's like okay, I've smelled this before. Here we go again, Josh. Yeah, it's not that strawberry. It's not the raspberry lambic. But what do you smell? That's what I'm trying to, trying to get down to. I don't know. We'll come back to that. So I'm going to do a little tasting. It, it's pretty cold beer in the fridge, right? Yep. Very low bitterness. It's uh, not extremely sweet. Kind of medium. But there is there is definitely some there. Oh yeah, there's definitely some there. Uh, the bitterness, like I said, is low. Um, you know, nuts and fruit. I get very little smell. Well, just talk about the talk about the taste then. It's not a. I don't think it's an IPA. Talk about the taste, Dad. No. Don't don't jump to your conclusion yet. Talk about how it tastes. How does it taste? So you were talking about you were about to talk about if it's got any nuttiness or any kind of bready kind of mist got some breadiness i don't i don't get any nut nuttiness to it doesn't have any real it sort of has a salt kind of taste um it doesn't i don't get any don't get any uh like oats so keep going back to smelling it i'm just not getting much well i taste it yeah Mm -hmm. taste it chew on it Swish it around, kind of get get the flavors going in your mouth because I do think there is some nuttiness on this. Mm. I think it's like an almond cashew. It's on the lighter side of the nuttiness, mm. but there's some there. You get that a little bit more when you when you kind of open it up and you chew yeah. chew it mm-hmm. around a little bit more. Yeah. What else you taste? And then we'll start going. We'll start deducting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll start to get the haze on that. Right. So. Is this hop-driven or malt-driven? Ooh, good question. I'm going to say it's malt-driven. Okay. So, we're in that realm now. Yeah. So, Pilsners, Box, Stouts, Porters. Mm-hmm. What can, what can you start eliminating? I'd eliminate a Pilsner because it's the wrong color. Okay. I'd eliminate a Stout because it's the wrong color. Okay. Could be a Bach. Could be a Bach. Um, pale ale is another pale ale is another that's going to be around this color mm-hmm. but but we'll, it's going to be hop driven it'll have more hop on it mm-hmm. yep. so you've got box ESBs um, I said hmm. Marzins that's how and, and what we can buy easily that's kind of what you're down to yeah or, or red I don't think it's a red it could be. Uh, kind of got the right tinge of a color, but I don't think I it's think, red. I think that may be from the room we're in being painted red. Well, and... More than the beer itself. Oh, there's the raspberry up against it. <laughs> so... So we're down to... Ambers, box. Ambers, box. Hmm. Okay, uh, and if you want a hint, I'll give you one hint. I'll take a hint. This is a local beer. Okay. A local... This is a local beer. Local. I was going to say it's an amber bop, but uh, local beer. Are there any, well, if you think it's an amber bock, mm-hmm. it's a local one. So are there any local box? You're more out there on the. <laughs> there are local box. Yeah. So this for, lost 40 minutes. I, t- I told you I'd only give you one hint. <laughs> I wasn't getting a hint. I was asking you two. a question. <laughs> the answer would be a hint. Yeah. Well, think about it. Lost 40's main beers are what? Mm-hmm. Tell me what they are. Amber Bach. <laughs> it's not Amber Bach. I really. mean, it's a, a Bach. It's a Bach. Yeah. So, I'm just going to say that, Josh. I'm going to just say it's a Bach. You're going to say it's the lo- Lost... Maybe Lost 40 has... The Love Honey from Lost 40, is that what you're saying? It's the Love it's, Honey Bach? It's a, it tastes like that, so I would say that. All right. I'd say it's a Love Honey... From Lost 40. All right. So, Dad, is he's made his decision. He's stamped his mark on this beer, saying that it is Lost 40's Love Honey Bach. 
And you'll come back and figure that out next week. Yes, we will. And next week is a liquor week. And since it is the beginning of year two, we have decided to circle back to a liquor topic, which we have covered once before. That somebody said we'd never do again. <sighs> that was you. You did not like the Mezcal. Oh, when well, I threw that in your face, you no, were like, I, we're not doing this again. Well, you you were saying we're not going to do smoke in the glass. But, but way to jump forward, but we're doing smoke in the glass part two next week. And dad, what are you going to be doing as your liquor? I'm doing Laga Vulans 16 year old. It's uh, an island. Oh, all the smokeheads are going to be happy about that Lug-a-blu-lin. one. Lagaluvin. 16-year-old. Lagaluvin. That's a, that's a very, very popular. And it's really whiskey. not all that terribly smoky. <sighs> okay. Whatever you say. It's less than the form. Parts per million, but that's, anyway. hey, we'll talk about that next week. And then I'm going to be doing a local whiskey. That is actually smoked. It is from our local distillery, Rocktown Distillery, and I'm going to be doing their hickory smoked whiskey. Hickory smoked. Yep, it's their hickory smoked whiskey, and it's going to be it's going to be really good. I think I've actually had that one before. Sounds like almost moonshine that they're just smoking. Well, we'll have to taste it next well, week and find well, out. Rocktown makes a moonshine. Well, yeah, everybody who makes whiskey makes moonshine. <laughs> But that's for that is for a different show. Well, Dad, once again, great, great time pairing, and I think we're off to a good start for year two. I think so too. And it, and if you haven't gone out and listened to our celebration episode, please step back and do that. And the reason I'm saying go out there and do it is you can listen to us, and we'll tell you what we think is some really. Good episodes of last year or our first year, and that way it'll get you a good start and get you going. So re-listen to them or listen to them for the first time. Tell your friends. Tell us. Send us an email and tell us what you think are the best episodes. Right. We're we're very happy to have you guys following along with us. Remember, if you like us, give us a thumb up or a like or a follow or a share or a review or stars on whatever your favorite podcast platform does remember we are on instagram facebook and twitter most active on instagram reach out to us by instagram any of the socials you can also send an email to acquired tastings at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you so once again i'm josh mills and i'm john mills and we'll see you next time thank you and goodbye